Hello there, and welcome to Not The Farmer's Wife podcast. I'm CJ Steedman, and I'm definitely not the farmer's wife. I am a mum, a partner, a full-time off-farm worker, and enthusiastically a lady farmer. On our farm, Mojo Homestead, we grow chickens, goats, cows, and bees. We practice regenerative agriculture and holistic management. If, like me, you love all things farming and homesteading, and if you'd like to learn from the female farmer's perspective, then I'd love to have you along for the ride. So let's get farming. G'day and welcome to another episode of Not The Farmer's Wife, episode 42, and the second part of our Homestead Holiday Guide series. So this week we're talking about animals and how to manage them when you're going away on holidays. Now, before I start, I have to apologise if I start yawning halfway through. I have been up since four o'clock this morning. We have a goat that is in early stage labour and I've been up and down checking her and I actually started to record this episode (laughs) about 20 minutes ago and stopped (laughs) and thought I'll start again because I kept yawning and then when I went in the kitchen to make my coffee, of course I realised that I'd also made sourdough early this morning and it had been out the oven for about 20 minutes So I committed the ultimate sourdough sin and cut it before it had cooled. And I don't care that I cut it before it cooled (laughs) because it was bloody delicious. Um, I love sourdough. I hate normal bread now. I really, I really struggle with normal bread. Um, I I just, the taste of sourdough to me, uh, I can have it. I don't even have to put butter on it, but I did put butter on it because it was still hot. (laughs) What's not better than hot bread with butter on it? Um, anyway, so I'm feeling a little better now, a little bit more awake, but, um, yeah, I'd only had one coffee since getting up, uh, because I've been backwards and forwards between this goat and trying to do other chores around the house. And I thought she's not yet in active labor. I need to go in and record this podcast because by the time I finish recording the podcast, there's a really good chance that, uh, she will be in active labor and I'll have to manage that and do something with it. So homestead holiday guide animals. Let's talk about what we do when we have to leave our farm or homestead because we're human and we need a fucking holiday, (laughs) which is the only reason that I ever leave the place is because I need a holiday. Oh, and that, and because I have to earn a living, you know, a genuine living. So I have a day job. But otherwise, I would stay in the homestead all the time. But it's nice to go on holidays and I'm. Planning next year, I'm hoping to do a trip to America again. I want to go to Joel Salatin's farm in America. I also want to go to the Biggest Little Farm, which is uh, Apricot Lane Farm, I think. Um, And there's a few other places that I'd like to visit. And it probably won't be a visit with the kids. I'll probably leave them with their father and and go off and do that. Uh, But it hasn't been planned yet. We haven't got dates, but... I just, I would really like to go over to America and go and visit these farms and the homesteaders just because I'm getting more information off other people. It's it's a real word of mouth transfer of information. So, uh, but the following year, 2025, we have some awesome, awesome friends who have been posted with their work to Croatia. So in 2025, I am hoping to take both kidlets over to Croatia to go and visit their friends because they're friends with both the children of this family and also uh, OJ is dead keen on seeing the Colosseum in Rome I I don't know why he's just got a thing about 
Romans. I think it's a boy thing. I'm not quite sure how that works. Uh, but he also wanted to see, um, is it the Pantheon in Athens? I can't remember. The big, the big monument in Athens. Um, uh, he's been studying history at school and he gets quite excited about it. So we are planning some holidays away from the farm that will take us away for some time because both of those overseas holidays uh, would be minimum two weeks to the States and probably minimum four weeks to Europe. So what are we going to do? Well, the first thing I think about is finding a reliable caretaker. If you're going to be away for more than one or two nights, realistically, you cannot leave the animals without somebody checking in on them. Um, you could probably go three or four days if you had feeders and automatic feeders and waters and things like that set up. But depending on what animals you've got, it's going to be far more realistic and far more sane to have somebody coming in to check them at least so that they can text message you and say, yep, check the animals, all good, no problems. That way you actually can enjoy the holiday because that's the whole point of going on holiday is to get away from it all and, you know, relax. So how do we find reliable caretakers? Well, in the first instance, I always say to people, check with your neighbours and other homesteaders you know. And the reason that I say that is because those people usually have an intimate knowledge of your type of animals. And that might be that they live in the same area as you, um, that, so therefore they have similar livestock. Uh, if they're other homesteaders, chances are I, there's not many homesteaders that don't have chickens. If you're one that doesn't have chickens interesting but chickens i joke and say are the gateway drug to to homesteading so most people that are homesteaders start off with chickens at least so they would definitely have chickens then you know look and see if anybody you know understands goats in our case we have the added drama i guess is the best way of putting it in that we have a merimar and a kelpie and the merimar is not stranger friendly so we have to have somebody come onto the property who she at least knows um she doesn't particularly like our farm sitter but she doesn't like anybody <laughs> she's she's true very true to breed so the fact that he can even get close to her uh without being bitten is is testament to him um he's obviously braver than most folk uh but yeah it, other homesteaders other farmers will have a knowledge of the animals that you have they'll also have a knowledge of the area so they know what vets are available they know where to get feed from if you do run out um, they'll, they'll just have a better understanding all around if you live in a very rural area it's always handy if they know the area intimately as well so um, if they need a four-wheel drive to get to your property well you know if they live next door to you or down the road from you chances are they already have a car that's suitable on these roads so we're on a dirt road so the only kind of people that want to come out here are people that are used to driving on dirt roads anyway so that's my first point of call for reliable caretakers it it's honestly i think the best option um we offer our next door neighbor's son we use him as our farm sitter and um we offer him payment plus usually beer because <laughs> that's his drink of choice um and and he comes over and just does the animals each day for us we've used him in the past when we've been away and it's been awesome he he does a fantastic job there's no issues at all with it but your next option, if you don't have somebody that lives nearby that you would feel comfortable asking or talking to about doing it, and, and also too, I should say, don't forget, if you if, if you get a neighbour to do it for you, you can always offer it in return. Like, hey, if you're going away, let me know and I can look after your animals for you. 
that is a huge selling point because it means that the other party is not going to have any problems finding somebody to look after their animals and they might be able to go and have a relaxing holiday also win-win for everybody uh so that but if you can't if you haven't got somebody that is close by family friend or neighbor that can do that the next best option i think and this is one that i've also used um, is professional pet sitters or farm sitters so they're in most cases they're very experienced in dealing with certain types of animals and they will advertise which animals they are competent in managing um, I used a service here in Australia called um, Aussie House Sitters when last time I had to do it, which is when we went to the States a couple of years ago. We were away for four weeks and I needed somebody to look after the goats and the chickens and the veggie garden. And I found somebody on, on Aussie House Sitters. It was a family with two daughters and they were house sitting on a permanent basis while their own home was being built. But they were very competent in looking after animals and very comfortable being out in a rural environment so and that was only on the small farm so they weren't really way out of town um, but there's other websites in the us too and i'll put links in the show notes so there's a page in australia called farmsitters.com.au there's the aussiehousesitters.com.au and then there's another one that appears to be kind of worldwide and I really like this. I've not used them, but, you know, if I couldn't use the next door neighbor's son, I would probably try this, this web page. So it's trustedhousesitters.com. And um, the good bit, when I had a quick look at that page to see how, they, how it worked, the really awesome bit there is that the house sitter, whoever the house sitter is that comes to you, they give them access to a 24-7 vet helpline which I just think is awesome because it's the one thing that most people freak out about is what happens if one of the animals gets sick. So it's only a phone line, but if they're a competent animal sitter anyway, having 24-7 access to a vet line, wow, what a that'd take such a weight off their shoulders and it should realistically give you a very relaxing holiday. So I, I haven't used them. Like I say, if I had to use, if I had to get a sitter again, I'd probably go and have a look at them and see. They're, the ones that I looked at, there was um, a lot of people, like older retired couples who were nomads, like had taken up a nomadic lifestyle and were traveling around in either caravans or, or little camper vans and looking for places to park and settle down for a week or two, you know. So they'd come to your farm in their little camper van or caravan and stay on the farm but also look after the animals so that you can have a holiday um, now you can go through on those pages you can go through and say what animals you want so for me I would have to go and find somebody who's maybe comfortable dealing with milking goats uh, and chickens obviously but if we could find somebody who was used to merrimers and and you know understood how merrimers work uh, because they are <laughs> a special breed all on their own um, that would be awesome so yeah next time we go away I might even just have a look at that just to see what it's like um, but the way the way that they like it the way that these services work is the person's basically getting free accommodation uh, you're paying for their power their water that kind of thing um, they obviously get to keep any eggs that they collect while they're they're looking after the chickens um, and and they're on your property so they've got somewhere to park up their van and in return for that they're looking after your animals there's no real money exchange obviously bringing them a gift coming back from your holidays would be awesome to bring them a bottle of something or if they don't drink bring them some lovely presents or a basket of goodies from a local shop would be awesome 
Uh, so they're good ones. Now, one of the other things I thought about was um, recommendations from people around you. So that could be somebody like a vet or a neighbor um, who knows of pet sitters or animal sitters. And because, because we're talking about animals this week, you know, not so much the garden stuff. We'll talk about that next week. But most pet sitters, are, there's a lot of pet sitters that are capable of dealing with cats and dogs and things like that. But asking your vet about it might be not a bad idea if you're in a rural area because they would know who has, how, how, who has farm sat for other people um, with livestock, which is the real issue. Looking after a dog or a cat, I think, relatively easy apart from the merima is relatively easy uh, but looking after a herd of goats and you know 40 chickens is a little bit different so getting recommendations or advice would be awesome sorry a little slurp of coffee because i'm still trying to stay awake um but also to facebook notice notice boards and your local rural pages um, I find that a lot of um, house and farm sitters and pet sitters will advertise on there. Um, there doesn't seem to be other places that they generally advertise. But if you went onto your local rural page, say for us here, we're closest to Murray and Bateman. So there's a couple of pages around us that deal specifically with the local area and said and posted something on there saying, does anybody know of a, a farm sitter who is good with goats and chickens and would be okay dealing with a merrimer? And, and wait and see what you get back. Now that's going to be a paid situation. That's not going to be a you scratch my back, I scratch your back kind of situation. But I mean, either way, you know, you still, if you're getting a professional house sitter or farm sitter, you know, it's worth the money to have peace of mind, I think. And yeah, I don't think they're that expensive, depending on what you want them to do. Obviously, if they're milking goats and riding horses and shit like that, you're really going to be paying a bit more than, than if you were just um, getting them to babysit and manage. All right, a little slope of coffee, and then we're going to talk about food and water. And obviously, that's the big thing. When you're away, you want to make sure that your animals are well looked after. They will survive most things, but they will not survive zero water. And if they are on hard feed and they need to be fed, they're not going to be real happy with you if you take that away from them. So what you need to do. Now, I talked about this last week. Uh, as far as stocking up on supplies. As I said, I tend to try and buy extra through the year. So once a month, I might buy an extra bag of chicken pellets or an extra bag of goat um, goat blend, which is what we feed our milking goats. Hay, we're looking at getting some of those bigger round bales uh, because at the moment we go through quite a bit of hay. Hay is very good for baby goats, um, uh, rumen development so they need the roughage in order to develop their stomachs properly so we go through a fair bit of hay at the moment but I am looking at how I could get the round bales and have them in the yard and that just gives them that extra feed for when the feed is a bit down but buying extra through the year to me is the smart way of doing it only because if you're about to go on holiday you're not going to want to go and do a big bulk shop of, of stock feed because that's going to take money out of your pocket that you probably could have taken on holidays with you. And to be honest, I don't notice it much when it's just one bag a month of either chicken pellets or goat blend or there's a, another like um, a horse loosened pellet that we buy that we feed the goats as well. If I just buy them once a month, just buy an extra one or two, <coughs> excuse me, 
Um, I don't notice it through the year, but by the end of the year, I have got a stockpile of some extras. And that just means that I don't have to go out and do that massive stock up. It also means that when I get back from holidays, which you get back from holidays and you had a great holiday, glad to be home kind of thing. And then you start unpacking your bags and you realize how much friggin' washing you've got to do. <laughs> and that's even if you've had access to washing machines. So you get back from your holidays. You don't really want to have to be racing off to the stock feed shop to stock up on food when you've probably got no money because you've just come back from holidays and you've got more than enough things to do with washing, unpacking, getting kids sorted. When we came back from America, we were flying backwards, so the red eye, uh, which meant that we were all a bit jet lagged for a day or two. And we had a lot of washing to do. We'd been away for four weeks. We had to go to the grocery store and get enough food to keep us going until the next big shop. Um, <clears throat> the last thing I would have wanted to do was run off to the um, stock feed place. So I find doing it that way is a, is a really good way for pre-planning for that type of thing when you're away. Um, also to take into account that if there's a chance that you're going to run out of food that you need to leave some money for your farm sitters so that they can purchase more food if they need it. So it goes without saying if you've got somebody house sitting it's probably worth leaving some cash for them in an envelope for emergency situations. If it's your regular vet I would say speak to your vet before you go and say, look, if my if my farm sitter comes in with one of my animals, please just manage it. And when I get back, I'll fix you up for the bill. Uh, if, if the vet knows you well enough, there's not going to be a problem with that. I have had to race in and then say to the vet, shit, I have no money. Until Thursday, I've got no real amounts of cash. And he's gone, don't worry about it. I know where you live. Pay me on Thursday. Um Oh, I'm all over the place this morning, coughing and yawning. And um, So the next one I want to talk about was automatic feeders and waterers. Now, if you're only going away for a day or two, these are the bomb. I seriously cannot speak highly enough for automatic feeders and waterers. We have a automatic, like a tunnel feeder for the chickens. But given the amount of chickens we have, they go through that every day anyway. So it has to be filled up every day. But... Um, automatic waterers, oh, you know, they're, they're a life save. Um, I fill up our water troughs probably once a week from the dam. And if I could set up automatic waterers to all the paddocks that don't have dam access, I would be ecstatic. It would just, like, it just takes a weight off your mind knowing that they're never going to run out. And, and they can live without food for a little while, but they can't live without water. So ha having automatic waterers into paddocks that don't have water access like dams is vital. And, you know, even if you've got a farm sitter coming, do you really want them to be fucking around with pumps and shit like that when if you've got an automatic setup going, all they have to do is check that the automatic setup is still working. It, it Honestly, it's a win-win for everybody. So particularly small animals, I think. Um, all of our big animals are in paddocks where there's dams anyway, so they can all access it. But uh, automatic feeders aren't a bad idea either. I love the treadle chicken feeders. Um, we haven't used them because we've just had too many chickens and we've kind of gone really, you know, we need, we need a, a system that 10, 20 birds can get to at the same time. 
so we haven't bothered using them but i'm actually looking at getting a treadle um, feeder to use for the merima's dry food she gets wet food we feed her a raw food diet but she does have dry food in the paddock just in case something happens and she hasn't been fed and she's hungry she's at least got the dry food there and she some days she eats it some days she doesn't but having it there so that if she gets hungry she can get at it would be awesome so i would love to get one of those treadle feeders for her because i think she would work it out pretty quick that when she puts a paw on it, it it lifts up and she can eat out of it um but those kind of those kinds of tools are going to make your farm sitter's job heaps easier if they're just topping up feed if they're just ensuring that the watering system is still working that is going to be so much quicker it's going to be a real selling point with getting somebody to look after animals they're, they're going to look at it as a pretty easy job um, and and it also means that your neighbors could essentially farm sit for you and just come over every second day and top up all the feeders if you're able to do that and that way they can just every second day come over top up the feeders check the animals are all pointing you know feet to the ground not feed to the sky and yeah it'd be super easy and like i say if you're going away only for one night or a weekend that's problem solved now one thing you do have to consider is things like special diets if you have a um, like for our goats our, our milking goats get biowormer in their feed and it's just a little scoop of extra in their feed we mix it around you know and and they eat it they're not a fan of it dry so sometimes i'll put a little bit of water in with their loosened pellets to um kind of tone down the biowormer I, th I don't think they like the taste of it but it, it makes them so healthy <laughs> and it saves our worming um regime from getting out of control um the last little incident we had with hazel where she went downhill and wasn't putting she was losing weight and her milk had dropped right off that was a worm issue and she'd been off the biowormer and i didn't realize the handy helper hadn't been putting it in her food because he makes up the food in the morning while i'm getting the milking supplies ready and i said to him no 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 we've got to put it back in because clearly she needs it like it's it's a really good supplement <clears throat> um, i might try and put a link in the show notes to the biowormer just so you know what i'm talking about it's a really it's liver mole and biowormer and it's lovely um, but yeah any special diets or any special requirements that you have with feeding if you can pre-portion things out and then just say to people look you know here's here's the horse feed that i need you to feed them and i've separated into little clip seal bags all the different um, supplements that they have and i've already mixed it pre-mixed it so you just have to empty one one clip seal bag oh, don't mind the budgie in the background one clip seal bag into each food um, and, and mix it around and that's their supplements done so anything like that that you have to feed setting it up in advance and having a real you know regimented kind of schedule people think i'm ocd but i'm not i'm just so busy during the day and and of a night with all the jobs that i'm doing that if i don't have that kind of structure if i don't have a schedule you know, feed this then and feed that then and don't feed this on this day if I don't have a schedule set up like that, it would do my head in. So for somebody who's not used to your animals and is only temporarily on the farm, uh, I think I think that's just a no-brainer, helping them out in that respect. Um, yeah, it's going to make life easier. They're going to be more comfortable and confident, and you're going to walk away knowing that everything's already set up. So um, the big one, the importance of clear instructions with animal care. And this one, I think, is the one that freaks most people out. Nobody wants to leave their animals and have something go wrong. Can I just say straight up, 
animals die animals get sick they can do it on your watch on your partner's watch on your next door neighbor's watch on a farm sitter's watch there is no rhyme to or reason to it you can you can set up everything in advance to make it as least likely as possible to happen so make sure that your worming schedule's up to date make sure your vaccination schedules are up to date make sure your fences are in good repair so there's not going to be injuries um, don't go away on holidays when your animals are due to give birth <laughs> i know sometimes it gets in the way but um, it's really important that you be there for any kind of problems and birthing time is a time when a problem is going to rear its head you guarantee it's like the doe code which i don't think i've ever discussed with you guys but the doe code is whatever you think is going to happen with that doe that's in labor the exact opposite will happen she will act like she is in labor active labor she's definitely going to kid tonight she's going to go two days later she's out in the paddock eating grass still hasn't kidded looking at you like i don't know what the problem is she can be showing no signs of kidding. You put on some nice clothes because you're going out for date night. And as soon as you get in the car, she will go into active labor. It won't arrive, but she'll go into active labor. It's like they know that we're trying to go away and have a life outside of the farm. So that's what we call the doe code. And um, those kinds of things, you just don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're making a farm sitter deal with the things that you can deal with. So worming schedule up to date vaccinations up to date don't go away while kidding's on don't go away while there's something else special on like you're weaning your kids off your goat um you've just got new day old chicks don't don't leave a farm sitter with those kind of ones that's just mean and nasty make sure that everything is running smoothly and everything is up to date and then then get your farm sitter sit them down Give them a feeding schedule, give them a medication schedule and make sure they understand how to give any medications. So make sure they're competent at giving a needle to an animal if that's what the animal needs. Although, again, I would say if you're in the middle of giving a series of injections to animals, probably don't go on holidays at that particular point in time. Um, make sure that they've got emergency contact details. So your backup person, somebody who can come in and take over from the farm sitter if they get sick or injured. Uh, plus all your vets details and it's probably not a bad idea to send an email to your vet saying look i'm going away you know these are the animals that the farm sitter is looking after you're experienced with them or you you have a good knowledge of them uh, and our farm so if anything happens this is what i need you to do um so the checklists i i'm ocd checklist for everything from uh, when to turn on the pump for water when to check the batteries for the solar uh, whether or not there's any problems with the septic tank any of that kind of stuff give them a list of all that but with your animals it has to be very detailed and down to the point where you say <coughs> at six o'clock every morning the goats get fed um at you know, five o'clock every afternoon i collect the eggs and feed the chickens that's how detailed it needs to be and you know I, and i take a five kilo bucket that's got about four kilos worth of chicken pellets in it up to the chicken yard with me so that they know now um, i always put everything in a display folder like a clear sleeve um, display folder with all the documents including contact details including vets details including when their last medications were because if, if they do get sick and go to the vet and it's a medication that you've given them that the vet wasn't aware of 
um, for my goats for example I worm I don't I don't rely on him to worm I do the worming but if they got sick he would say when were they last wormed and the poor old farm sitter's not going to know that so having all that information in a folder that they can just pick up and go straight to is the bomb it's the way to do it uh, it's always worked well for us and and yeah I would continue to use that system um, it's really important to remember that farm sitters and neighbours and family and friends are human too and as we said you know disasters can happen on your watch on your partner's watch on your kids watch on your neighbour's watch you, you can't you, know, you can't be so specific with animals that you say these things will never happen um yeah because I've taken care of everything no animals find a way of getting injured and hurt and and sick and there's no control over that you can't control it and if you try and control it you'll drive yourself insane so it's really important to remember that if something does go wrong like I'm talking disaster level like an animal dying if something does go wrong just remember that the farm sitter is probably feeling like shit about the situation anyway they probably feel like they could have done some more something more and and you know prevented it when in actual fact anybody that's owned livestock knows that sometimes there is nothing you can do to prevent it there's nothing you can do to fix it it, it if shit happens it's going to happen and usually it happens catastrophically when you're not there uh, I can remember years ago um, I was house sitting this is like 23 years ago I was house sitting for a family who hadn't had a holiday in ages they had a dog sorry two dogs a cat and a rat and uh the dogs were both old dogs I didn't even have to walk them I just literally had to pick up poop and make sure they were fed uh the cat was no problem at all I barely saw it uh the rat <laughs> I got it out of its cage I used to get it out once a day and check it you know and let it have a little walk over my hands and that because it was quite a friendly rat and all of a sudden probably about five days into house sitting I noticed this massive lump on the side of it and I'm thinking oh fuck it's gonna it's got a tumor or something like <laughs> and I'm looking at this rat it was like a really weird patterned brown and white rat and I'm thinking fuck how am I going to replace this like I'm never going to be able to find a rat with the same coloring so when it dies from this massive tumor that's forming on the side of it anyway the lump was there for probably about another five days and then it just miraculously went down anyway 14 days they come back home from holidays and we're doing the handover back to explaining you know what had what had gone great with the animals you know that all the animals were fine and I said look I was a bit worried about the rat you know about five days in he developed this massive lump on his side and about five days later it just went down and vanished and they started laughing and said oh shit we should have told you um evidently this rat used to probably once a month have this lump come up on its side and they said it's probably a tumor but it's a rat we're not going to go to the vet and get it operated on um it would just pop up and then it would go back down a couple of days later <laughs> so here I am sitting there thinking I'm going to kill this rat these kids are going to come home and be mortified that I've killed their rat or I'd have to replace the rat and then they'd know that it wasn't their rat because it had different pattern or whatever anyway so shit happens and it's going to happen when you least expect it just remember that the people farm sitting for you or your neighbors are human as well and they're going to feel like crap about the whole situation no matter what if they're animal lovers like most of us they will feel terrible so there's no point making them feel even worse uh trial runs before you leave this i cannot speak highly enough for this we did this with our people that came and looked after the place when we went to the u.s 
having them come to the house and walk through the entire process of what you do for each animal, it's invaluable. Now, what I would also say further to that is if you have a backup person, so if there's a backup person like a neighbor or a relative who can step in in the event that something happens to your farm sitter, then I would say get them out there, save yourself having to say things twice, run both of them through the exact routine that you expect to happen. So I go into the shed, I get two scoops of chicken feed, I go out into the chicken yard, I fill up the chicken hopper, I check the water to make sure that there's no gunk in the in the feeder, in the automatic waterer, and that water's still coming out fine. If there's any debris in the little bowl at the bottom, I just sweep that out so that, so that it's still clean. Uh, I collect the eggs, bring the eggs inside, then I go out and I feed the dogs, or then I go out and I take a biscuit of hay to the goats. Like literally walk them through step by step what you do so that everybody understands what's expected there's no miscommunication when they're physically doing it and seeing it for themselves it's a bit different to reading something that somebody's written down and i think you know i'm an ex-trainer for through my work and people learn uh they say auditory visual or kinetic and kinetic is by touch or doing and I honestly think that the vast majority of people really do learn better when when it's kinetic, when they they actually physically do the, the problem or the job. Um, so uh, what else have we got? Uh, trial run, uh, regular check-ins. Okay, so we want to have a holiday. You want to step away from the farm. That's part of, you know, that's part of the reason you're taking a holiday is you want to step back from the farm and just have a break. But I don't know about everybody else. I would be mortified, terrified, would not enjoy myself, would have a terrible holiday if I didn't at least get some contact from the farm sitter saying, hey, thumbs up, everything's going well here, don't stress, animals are happy, fed, watered, doing great. If I got that kind of communication, I would have such a better holiday. And certainly in the US, when we went to the US, um, I was emailing them. And um, just I would email um, probably about once every three or four days to start with. And then it was just the last two weeks, only once each week, saying, is there any problems? And look, they didn't tell me that a chook had died because they didn't want me to worry and they believed that she'd just died of old age, which I think was pretty accurate. I think they were on track with that one. Um, so they uh, would email me back and say, goats are doing great, chickens are doing great. Dog well, we didn't have the dog then. Um, uh, bees look happy and healthy, veggie gardens looking great. So they would email me that back and I would then just put the farm right out of my mind and get on with my holiday and have a really good time. Now, that being said, you don't want to be in contact with them constantly. I Daily check-ins, uh, it depends. If there was some problem, I'd probably go to daily check-ins and maybe even phone calls. But in all honesty, if they could just text you and say, thumbs up, all the animals are doing well, everything's tracking really good, don't stress about anything, we're, we're all under control, that would be enough for me. And I wouldn't need it daily. I would be happy with every couple of days to start with if it's a long trip or if you're only going away for two weeks you know, maybe three or four times over the two weeks, check in with them and just say, everything tracking okay? Do you need anything? Is there any problems? That way you can really relax and enjoy your holiday. And and that's the whole point of, 
you know, being able to take that break from the farm. If you're just going to worry about the farm the entire time you're away, to be honest, you probably should stay at home. If you can't separate enough to go, no, I'm I'm having my downtime, I'm not getting up at five o'clock in the morning to milk goats and check chickens and collect eggs and all that kind of shit. If you can't turn that off, then you probably shouldn't have a holiday. But anyway, so that's it for me for animals. Um, maybe there's some other things that you can think of. Certainly with dogs, you can, you know, if you even with farm dogs, you can obviously put them into kennels which would make life easier uh, we may have to look at doing that with the marama next time i know there's a local guy who's a dog trainer who is quite competent at taking um how you would call problematic dogs or dogs that are not super friendly <laughs> and he'd be okay with taking dogs like that in because he's he's quite good with them um but there was a little quote that i wanted to say and i'll probably get it wrong because i didn't write it down i should have um years ago when i first started reading joel salatin books he um says something along the lines of and like i say don't quote me because i'll probably get it wrong um you need to make a lifestyle that you don't need a holiday from and i can't think of a better way of putting it on the homestead here i the only times i want to go away on holidays are for very specific reasons the idea of going you know uh up to a different state in Australia for a week every other month does not appeal to me at all. I really want to take my kids up to the theme parks in Brisbane or just outside of um, the Surface Paradise, the Gold Coast area in, Brisbane, in Queensland. I really want to take them up there for that, but that's a very specific holiday. I really want to take them to Croatia to visit our friends that are over there on posting in Croatia uh, in 2025, and that would be great, but that's a very specific and it will be a very calculated holiday. Um, I'd really like to go over to America and do a tour of homesteads that I like. Uh, but again, that would be a very calculated holiday. The idea of going away every other month does not appeal to me. And I think if you're the kind of person that really wants to travel that much and really wants to um, spend as much time, you know, having holidays away as what you do at home, then livestock homesteading is probably not the ideal choice. Um, certainly, and I'll discuss it next week with gardening, um, garden homesteading might be more up your alley um, because animals do need care they do need hands-on care and things do go wrong as I said you can't plan for it um, you know things like the doe code whatever you think is going to happen the opposite's going to go down <laughs> so if if you're thinking oh I don't have all these animals yet I like to travel I like to go away like once every second month for you know a couple of days or whatever maybe maybe rain back on the on the animal homesteading you know having a few chooks is one thing you can certainly set up automatic waters and feeders um, but any kind of bigger livestock you're probably not going to be wanting to leave them on such a regular basis anyway that is part two of our homestead holiday guide uh, and next week I am going to discuss all things garden which as you all know I am a shithouse gardener I have the biggest brown thumb I really struggle with the concept so I go away on holidays and I've got to be honest my garden doesn't look much different to when I've been at home because mm, it's not looking that great anyway <laughs> at the moment it's not looking great because there's a dirty big eastern brown snake up in my veggie garden it came around the house the other day and I shooed it away and it went straight into my veggie garden and now I'm terrified to walk into my veggie garden 
it was a little overgrown anyway but now I'm not going to check anything because I don't want to go and stand on it so I've told the handy helper uh, that he has to go in <laughs> and mow like crazy I want it, all the grass down to a millimeter which is what I did around the house when it arrived the other day um, so yeah we'll talk garden next week but like I say my garden would probably look better after a farm sitter has been here looking after it than what it would when I look after it uh, and as always thank you for listening um, I, I don't ask often but if you are feel inclined to leave a review <clears throat> I'd really really appreciate it it helps my podcast get out to more and more people um, and it's a pretty easy process I think you just go in there and hit some stars um, I don't even care if you don't leave too much of a comment <laughs> if you hit some stars but if you can find the time to leave me a review I would be forever grateful um, and otherwise I will see you all next week well when we discuss uh, the homestead holiday guide for gardens bye for now thanks so much for listening today I hope you've enjoyed our time together if you did I'd be so grateful if you left me a review I would also absolutely love it if you tagged me in your next post on your favourite socials at either Not The Farmer's Wife or Mojo Homestead. And don't forget to get your free guide to backyard chicken keeping at www.mojohomestead.net backslash seven must knows. And remember, grow the life you want to live. See ya.